1: called Life Hacks, and for the past four weeks, we've looked at things like marriage or uh, your career. But today, uh, we had planned on Mother's Day to talk about parenting, and there is nobody that I would rather share in that regards than the woman that gets to do that today. Um, I'm a little biased, but she is my favorite speaker we have all year long. It's my wife, Amanda. Tomorrow, we will share uh, an anniversary. It'll be 19 years of being married. That's pretty amazing. Can you believe somebody would stay with me for 19 years? Right? It's just... That's a miracle in and of itself. I can tell you that as a little girl, Amanda sensed the calling to be a mom. It was one of those things that she desperately uh, desired, wanted, dreamed about, and we... Got married, and it was literally seasons of infertility for us. Uh, over six years of trying and watching her heart break over and over again. And God, then in 2011, gave us our, our Addie, and, and since then has added uh, two more boys to that. We're, we're so thankful for that. I want you to know, I mean, she is literally behind the scenes, she is a gifted mother. Uh, she is. She is so natural in that role, so gifted, and today she's going to share a message with you about hacking your parenting. Now, next week, I don't know, do we have that graphic? I don't know if we we do, but next week we're going to start a, a brand new series called This Beautiful Noise. It's about worship, and y'all need to know this. Uh, Erica Roberts, who's our worship pastor, actually going to be preaching in that series. It's going to be so good, okay? But as we wrap up, Life hacks today, there's nobody that I could imagine that I'd want to be up here anymore than my wife, Amanda. Would you welcome her to the stage?
0: We dressed alike, not meaning to. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, good morning. My name's Amanda Simmons. I'm very, very excited to be here. Um, I am Pastor Kevin's wife, Um, but first and foremost, I want to just thank him. Uh, Pastor Kevin is, um, he is an amazing husband. He's a great leader. Um, A lot of times you'll see some people that are great leaders in one arena and not a great leader in the other. Um, But I can assure you, as great of a leader as he is here at our church, he's an even better one at home. Um, He encouraged me throughout this message and I gave him definitely zero reason to encourage me. Um, I was not the nicest person this week. I was not easy um, to uh, receive what he had and um, he still encouraged and loved me through it uh, all this week. So I really appreciate that you even trust me enough and give me the opportunity to be up here. So thank you. Thank you for all you are for me in my own life, our kids and this church. So thank you. Um, Today it's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to those of you uh, mothers here. I know Mother's Day can be uh, difficult for some of you. Some of you are living within the blessing of what God has given you. And some of you are have experienced some loss um, of a mother. Um, and there's some of you that are still praying for your miracle. And so I see you all. I get it and i love you and i just want to um let you know that we are here for you um i have as kevin said we struggled with infertility and there's a lot of people that say you know i want to be this when i grow up i want to be this my dream was being a mom so it was really heartbreaking when it was so difficult to try to get pregnant but god just took a small dream And um, it did big, miraculous things. And so I want to show a picture of my three miracles. The first one is Addie. She's in the middle. Um, She is... Our miracle baby and God blessed us with a second with Clayton. Um, And he is Addie is 11, Clay is nine, and then Cade is my six year old. So we got a third miracle in there. And uh, Cade, actually, anytime I'm around, like that kid compliments me, like he's you know a mama's boy, and he uh, will not let me leave the day without having one compliment. In fact, this morning he was like, Mommy, you're so beautiful. Um, So I just love. I love it. I love uh, the blessing that they are in my life. Um, Today we're going to read from John chapter 6 verse 1 through 15. So if we could all stand together as um, we read in scripture this morning. So sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down, there was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down about 5000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and then distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all they, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, "Gather the pieces that are left. Let nothing Be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountainside by himself. I'm going to pray um, over the service and pray over our hearts. This morning, God, I thank you. I thank you for um, what you speak to us in your word. Lord, I just thank you uh, for the people that showed up today. But God, it's it's not okay to just show up. God, I know that we need to have our hearts and our ears and our minds open to what you have to for us. God, I just ask that you allow your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts this morning. God, allow what I speak to be your words. Um, God, allow the little that I have to bring, God, multiply it and make it many because God, through you, all things are possible. We know with just as little of a faith that we have that you can move mountains. So God, I just ask that you move mountains in our hearts this morning. God, I thank you for this moment. And I just ask that we all um, open our hearts to you. Amen. So... Parenting, Y'all, parenting, I'm living in the blessing of three children. So you would think like everything is going smooth, everything is going great. But those of you that have kids know that so that's not the truth. Uh, parenting is hard. It is not easy. Um, is it worth it? Absolutely, 100%. It's one of the best blessings that I have in my life. But it is hard, and it requires a lot of work. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I sometimes, if I get bored or if I just need like, I don't know, just something to do i will scroll through instagram videos does anybody do that just me No, Uh, So sometimes I'll scroll through some of those Instagram videos. And um, and me and my sister are notorious for sharing videos back and forth. So if we see a funny video, especially when it comes to parenting, we share them all the time. You can tell, like, when we've used the bathroom with no kids around us because we get, like, five videos from each other. (laughs) So um, we share these videos. And one time she shared this one video, and um, it was cleaning hacks for parents. And I'm like, yes, if you know anything about me, Kevin is super organized and clean. I am not. I'm quite the opposite. In fact, um, he's he's helped me come a long way in 19 years um, and has taught me a lot. But it starts off just talking about how, like, and she kind of builds it up. She's like, the best parenting hack best cleaning hack ever is and she keeps like building it up and building it up and I'm like I want to know I want to know she says don't have kids don't have pets and don't have a husband and I was like oh okay I see where you went there <laughs> and uh isn't it true though like we can't keep a clean house with kids it's just it's it's so hard um it's impossible to just kind of have everything going the you know like a good way when you got kids but I promise you it is definitely worth it I would much rather have a messy home with those three kids than a perfectly pristine home. Um, But parenting requires so much from us. In fact, one of the things that it requires is extreme consistency. Now, I don't know about you, but it is hard to be consistent, uh, especially at Walmart and Food Lion when your kids are asking you, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this, and you're saying, no, 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 no. Um, in fact, I feel like moms deserve awards after they leave uh, Food Lion and uh, Walmart or wherever your choice of place to go with your kids, because if you come out of there with your kids alive, I feel like it's really, really uh, deserves a trophy or something, because it's so hard. <laughs> um, uh, but i had this parent tell me like you need to do this one ask rule and i'm like what is that and she said you only give them one ask they can only ask for one thing and i'm like all right i like this idea because i would get stressed out going to food lion and walmart walmart pickup has been like game changer for me but uh, so whenever we go in and we have to go in with all three kids i tell them all right they'll look at me and they're like mom do we have the one ask rule absolutely yes we do and so they can only ask for one thing which is great because that's three things that I have to say yes or no to and um, instead of like them just having free reign to ask whatever they want every aisle times three you know um, they only get one but I switched the narrative because you know normally the is on me at Walmart but now it's on them because they're like what do I choose oh my gosh Uh, I don't want to ask them because she could say no they don't ask for candy because they know if they ask for candy that answer is no so the the thing is is like I can say no to that um so they're like oh gosh um can I have yogurt (laughs) can I have bananas they only ask for healthy things because they know like I'm gonna say yes to that and they'd rather me say yes than no so um that was just a freebie for you those of you that need some help with that uh the one ask rule is fantastic um but parenting does require some extreme consistency. It is hard to stay consistent and do the same thing. Sometimes it can become redundant or we get exhausted and we get that parenting fatigue. But it is so important that we stay that consistent. The other thing that's really hard is that parenting requires remarkable discipline. Um, we have we can't just let our kids raise themselves. They've got to be fed. They've got to be changed when they're little. Uh, we have to help them when they're sick. When they wake up in the middle of the night... We have to work with them and help them, and um, we have to set up their appointments, their dental appointments, their uh, doctor appointments. It requires a lot of discipline, a lot. Um, And it's not even just the discipline of our time, but just of so many different things to try to work with them. The other thing that I think is important within discipline is that we have got to parent to their heart. A lot of times we try to parent to their actions. So maybe they're misbehaving in something, but why are they misbehaving in that? So understanding their heart and trying to parent to that is so key as a parent. Um, There's so many times like your, your kid will be lying to you and you're like, why are they lying? And you wanna discipline them for lying, but then you don't understand maybe the reason behind that and uh, the heart behind it. So understanding their heart And parenting to that heart, it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. The other thing that it requires of you as a parent is parenting requires selfless generosity. There is no way that your kids are ever going to be able to give you um, more than what you give them. It's just not. It's just not possible. Yes, they can love you, um, but if you're a parent, you know there's moments that they don't love you. Um, they may say they, you know, they they act like they do in mo- some moments, but you know, there's moments that they're like, you know, I, I don't like you, mom. I don't like you right now. I don't like what you're doing, um, but. It requires that selfless generosity. We have to give of our kids and not expect anything back, um, because what we give will never equal to what we get. Um, from our kids. And I'm sure you're probably sitting here like, okay, what does that have to do with the feeding of the 5,000? Because I totally get it because it just seems so foreign to parenting, but I'm going to explain it a little bit. But I want to go through this passage a little bit this morning and kind of clarify a few points here. So in the beginning of that passage, there was, uh, Jesus asked, you know, what are we going to do to feed the many people that we have here? And there was a disciple, um, I imagine him to be a mathematician or something, because he sits there and he's like, all right, uh, calculating, calculating. And he's like, all right, it's going to take a half a year's wage just for us to be able to give them even a bite to eat. And so he's basically saying, like, this is impossible. Like, we cannot feed this many people. And then another disciple says, Hold on, there's this little boy. He's got five loaves and two fish. And I'm sure that the mathematician, like Philip, was just kind of like, What? How's that gonna work? Right? But God was trying to test them. Jesus was trying to test them and test their faith and what and he already knew what he was gonna do, but he was trying to test them. So um, We're gonna focus on that verse, John 6, 9. It says, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So here's the thing about the barley loaves. In that time, barley was like the cheaper grain. So these were like cheaper versions of bread. Um, and the fish was actually just there so that it made the bread more palatable. So basically, this is a poor man's um, lunchbox, right? It is not very much. Um, most likely, this kid came from a came from poverty. Uh, he didn't have much. Um, but I got to thinking, and Kevin actually pointed out one day when we were sitting at the dinner table. He said, "You know, somebody had to pack that lunch." It was like a light bulb moment. Like. Yeah, somebody did pack that lunch. Somebody packed that lunch for that kid that then was used to do this huge miraculous thing. So like, what I'm gonna talk to you today is what do we have to pack? Like, what are we gonna pack our kids? Um, and what are the things that we're packing? Now, I need you to understand that I'm. I, if I put myself in that position of that mom, I was probably packing that lunch saying, oh, here we go again. Let's do this again packing it all right here you go we'll do it again tomorrow all right here we go you know like just becomes really really redundant and something that seems really um just insignificant and I think as moms uh there's a lot of times that what we're doing is behind the scenes what we're doing it seems insignificant at the time but it's the very insignificant thing that was used to perform a huge miracle was it not so we've got to think about what is important for us to pack because we've got to pack our kids with things as they go out into the world. So one of the things, I think the number one most important thing that we've got to pack our kids is faithfulness. Faithfulness is so important because without Jesus, we've got nothing. And faithfulness is something that you want your kids to go out into this world and have. So. I um, was really fortunate to live in a faith-filled home. Um, when I was in college, I, for from some unforeseen circumstances, ended up having to stay with my grandmother who is only a few minutes away from the college that I attended. So she was my college roommate. I had the oldest college roommate than anyone at my school. So, um, but I loved it because it ended up being an absolute amazing opportunity. And uh, she actually just recently passed away on Good Friday. Um, Probably one of the best days to pass away for this woman because she was incredibly faithful. in fact, I got to speak at her funeral um, and just speak to her faithfulness in her family because she prayed over all of us. Uh, every every uh, year she would give us a paper and she would say, what are you praying for? I want you to write it down, put it in an envelope, and then I'm going to pray over it. And she prayed over every single one of our the grandkids and children, all of them, and prayed over those. And let me tell you what, things happen when she prayed. But I remember in college I was starting to struggle with panic attacks and depression I didn't know that that's what I was dealing with at the time but I remember coming home in a complete panic um, not able to breathe really really struggling and just bawling Um, and my grandmother just wrapped her arms around me didn't ask what was going on just wrapped her arms around me hugged me and just started praying She just started praying over and over. I was still in a panic, and then she started saying Jesus' name. She just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she just said Jesus' name over and over, and wouldn't you know it, my calming breath just came over me it was something peaceful and something that I to this day use within my own family and with my own heart and so there is power in the name of Jesus and that's exactly what my grandmother was trying to show me so it kind of reminded me of something that I experienced like just a couple of years maybe even a year ago Uh, all three of my kids were not their best selves at the moment I know you've never experienced that. Uh, if what, me and Kevin, what we call it is if all three kids are crying, we call it the trifecta. And we have got to text each other anytime we hit the trifecta. It's almost for like empathy or prayer or this is how my day is going. Uh, so I texted Kevin. I was like, I hit the trifecta. Um, <laughs> they're all crying. And so I was not my best self. I don't handle those moments very well. In fact, sometimes probably 99.9% of the time I handle them very very poorly and I end up crying with him and it's just awful Um, but this day for some reason I was like we got to get out maybe we just need a change of scenery I'm just gonna take them somewhere we just need to get out of the house so I put them all in the van getting ready to pull out and they started arguing and screaming and all this stuff and I'm like I cannot take it I was so upset I was so mad and um, I remember the Lord kind of whispering in my heart. And that's the only thing I can say it was because I personally, as a person, uh, screw it up a lot as a parent. And so in that moment, for some reason, the Holy Spirit was like, have you given this to me? Have you have you lifted them up to me? And I'm like, oh, okay. So I need to do this differently. And uh, I, I didn't even pull out of the driveway. I said, all right, guys, stop what you're doing. Sit down. We're going to pray. And so I don't even know the words I spoke that day. I, don't, I know I prayed over each individual kid. All I know is that afterwards, we were all like bursting out in tears. We were crushed. We were just absolutely just tore up. And my kids just unbuckled, hugged me, and they were like, Mommy, thank you. Thank you. And we were just started crying. And what I realized is the problem wasn't them. The problem was me. It was my own attitude. It was my own dealing. And I, I think Kevin s- spoke on that a couple of weeks ago, is that sometimes we think the problem is everyone else, but it, the problem is actually us. And so I think what the Lord was trying to tell me is like, man, I just need you to be faithful. I need you to be faithful. I need you to pray. I need you to allow me to be the center of this moment, even as bad as this moment feels, like I need to be the center of it. And we had the best day from that moment on. I guarantee you that is not the way I do things every, like. Again, 99.9% of the time, but that moment was such a beautiful moment and it was definitely from the Lord. But faithfulness is incredibly important to pack our kids with. The other thing is discipline. Discipline is what we want to pack their lunches with. We want to pack that in their heart. Me and Kevin are um, not morning people. We've been, like he said, we're about to celebrate 19 years, and we've learned a lot about each other in that 19 years. But one of the things we learned is that we do not do mornings. Um, I love those of you that get up early in the morning and do all this stuff. Like, I admire you. Um, but that was not who we were. In fact, we wouldn't even speak to each other in the mornings. It was like, you don't talk to me. I don't talk to you. You don't talk to me. Because if we talk in the morning, we're going to argue. Like, that's just, we're just not morning people. Uh, let me have some coffee first, and then we'll, you know, then we'll talk. But what I found is that uh, Kevin started praying about it and really felt convicted uh, about just getting up early and so he was like I feel like the Lord wants me to get up and give him my first and I'm gonna spend time with him in the mornings and I'm like sure we'll see how that goes Uh, but you know we're two years in and he's continuing to do it in fact um, it's made me reflect that and think about well if he can do it, and I know he was not a morning person, I can do that. And so I prayed on it and felt the Lord was like, you need to be more disciplined. I need you to give me your first. And so I started in November starting to get up early and and doing that. But what I think is even more important is that our kids are seeing this. And so we have um, our 11-year-old daughter started doing the same thing, except she wakes up before us. And she's actually up earlier, and she sits there and does her devotion, and we wake up, and she's like, morning, mom and dad, you know, Um, and she's up doing her devotion and spending time with the Lord, and um, I just think it's amazing, because what we think as small disciplines can lead to those big, miraculous events and big things in our life. In fact, if you're thinking, okay, well, I don't have a lot of time. I can assure you that if you give him five minutes in the morning, he will make a bigger difference in that five minutes than what you could have done with that five minutes. So small disciplines can lead to big miracles. I believe like that that discipline of that mom packing that lunch that day, she had no idea that it was going to lead to what it did. But that miracle is actually recorded in all four gospels. There is not another miracle outside of, outside of the resurrection of Jesus that is recorded in all four Gospels, so it was a significant event. The other thing that we've got to pack is generosity. Now, a lot of times when people speak on generosity, they wanna talk about money. And while that is important too, and it is important that we're generous with our money, but it's not just our money. It is with our time and our talent and our love that we have got to be generous with. We have got to pour out the time that our kids need. Our our kids need us. They need that time. They need to see that we're using our talents for the Lord. They need to see that we're serving. I love that like some of our our servants Leaders, their kids serve with them or they get up early. I know our kids beg to go with Kevin so that they can come early and set up or or help out. I love seeing, you can see it all across, like all the different servant leaders that we have here, their kids wanna be a part of it. It is important for our kids to see that we're serving and that we're using our talents to serve the Lord. It is also important to show that we are loving and, and being generous with that love. When we see someone hurting, that we're willing to sit there and pray with them or that we're willing to just pour into them. We have got to be able to bring what we have and give with an open hand i kind of think about like what if that little boy looked at his lunch and he's like hmm it's not enough it's only five fish or i mean five loaves two fish and then what if he just closed that box and put it away like it's not enough i don't think i can do that right what if he did that i think god would probably still do some kind of miraculous event but wouldn't he miss out on the blessing of being part of that But instead of like, instead of like closing it and thinking like what he had wasn't enough, what he did was he opened his hands and he said, here, take what I got. It's not much, but you can have what I got. So I kind of think that we've got to put ourselves in that. Like sometimes we don't feel like we have enough and we're going to talk through that. Like, what the, what does that mean when, like, we have an open hand instead of a closed fist? Sometimes we, like, think of what we have and we just want to hold it on, you know, to ourselves. When really God's like, just give me what you got. Just give me what you got. Um, there was a... a, a scripture that reminded me kind of of this moment I love the story of Elijah like I love so much about Elijah part of it is that Elijah experiences depression at different um, areas he experiences loneliness there's some stuff that I can relate to and I feel like God would God used him anyway even though like he probably wasn't the best fit but God still used him and so there's this moment with Elijah where he um, goes to this widow. She has a little boy and he says, I need, you know, some food. Can you, can you um, spare some food? And she said, actually, no, I only have enough for me and my son to eat. And then we're going to surely die after this. Like we don't have any more food. We're done. Um, I'm just going to make our last meal. And then that's it. Because they were in this a season of drought. And so Elijah said, God will provide. God will will not let the oil run out. God will not let the flour um, run low. Just bake me a small loaf, give it to me, and then he will bless you. And that's exactly what happened. She baked him a small loaf, and then the oil and the flour did not run out until the drought was no longer a part of that. I think sometimes we see that and we say, like, Okay, but I don't have enough to give. I don't think I, I have enough. When I look at what I have, I don't want to give it because I don't have enough to give. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough talent. I don't have enough. But you know what God does? God made, God made the universe out of nothing. So he can use your nothing. Nothing. He can use your nothing to do the big and the miraculous. So whether you think you have enough or not, it is exactly what God needs to be able to do something miraculous in your life and in others' lives. So don't doubt the goodness of what God can do through that because you might not have enough. But I'm telling you, there's been seasons that I've been in, a season of very little, a season of depression where God said, all right, give it to me. And when I gave it, you know what he did? He said, all right, I want you to open the doors. I want you to, open the doors to your house and I'm like ah no because <laughs> in depression you kind of want to retreat but instead I was like okay alright Lord it's not much it's nothing really it's a depression I'm going to give it to you you know what he did he healed me and he was able to do something in me that I had no idea he could do Because God takes the very small things that we have and he does the big miraculous. So do not think that what you have is not enough because again, the God that created the universe did it out of nothing. So don't doubt what you have and understand that God wants to use you. He wants to use your not enough. He wants to use the nothing that you think you have. He wants to. Doesn't need to, but he wants to. And I say that very clearly because he does not need us, but he wants us. For that boy, Jesus did the miracle, but he only had what was packed in his lunch. That's all he had. He just had what he had packed in his lunch. And again, he could have looked at it and said, it's not much, it's nothing, but here it is. And he did, and guess what? God used that to bless so many others. In fact, they had more than enough. They had more than what he started out with. But isn't that what God does? He takes the very little that we have, he multiplies it, and then he says, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do more than you can ask, think, dream, or imagine with that little and that nothing that you give me. I'm going to do more with it than you can even think of. So for your kids, Jesus will only have what's packed away in their hearts to work with. You cannot, you can't give them Jesus, but you can pack their heart with what Jesus needs to do miraculous things. You have got to pack for them in their hearts what they need. And Jesus will do what only he can do. You can't do it for them but you can pack their heart with it. And I'm gonna leave you with this last thing and this is probably the most important. And whether you are a parent or not, this is so important and so key because we are all going to give something but you cannot give what you don't have. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, how, do you, how can you expect your kids to have a relationship with Jesus? If you ha- don't have a fearlessness about you, you are not gonna be able to give that to your children. I can tell you that through this message, like I realized I needed this because there was some insecurity that tried to tell me like I was not enough and what I had was not enough. And God's like, no, but you have nothing. You may have nothing, but that nothing is what I wanna use to do something big in the hearts of people. So give it to me. Give me what you have. You can't give what you don't have, though. If you do not have a faithfulness, then you can't give that away. If your kids are not seeing that you go to the Lord when you have difficulty, you can't give that away. If you are expecting your kids to overcome obstacles and understand that Jesus is the answer, if he's not the answer in your life, he's not going to be the answer in their life. You have got to pack in your own heart first, so that, that you can give that away. You can't give what you don't have. So I tell you today that if you don't have Jesus in your heart to give away, that is the most important thing. You have nothing without Him. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina.
1: For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.